You're listening to Maybe You're Like Me, the transparent musings of a God girl chasing after her purpose. Maybe You're Like Me is a podcast for dreamers and doers who take life's lessons and level up to look more like Christ. We'll connect through super relatable stories, growing pains, and aha moments that most of us share, just not always out loud. I'm your host, Alicia Watson, creative entrepreneur, playwright, author, wife, mother, daughter of the king, and so much more. And I can't help but to think that maybe you're like me. Hey, hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Maybe You're Like Me with Alicia Watson. That's me. I'm Alicia Watson, and I am so happy to have you here today because I think that this episode is going to be really useful to a lot of people. And it's my hope that it will help you to do what this information that I'm going to share has been doing for me. If you've been with me for the entirety of the second season, or at least if you popped in and heard the first couple of episodes, go catch up. Um, You know that my word of the year is intentional. And one thing that I wanted to be more intentional about is looking at assessing, reviewing, and if necessary, changing my habits, the habits that I had that were not serving me especially coming off of the craziness of 2020, having had the time to slow down and really take a look at life and really start to ponder what it is that we want out of life and then form habits around that. I think I'm in a very interesting space. I've been kind of talking to my friends and family about this space. And a lot of us are here, I think in the age range of like 35 to 40, maybe 45, you start to think about the things that you've been taught. The things that you've been told are what you should be aiming for. The things that you've been told that would give you value. The things that you were told that you needed to strive for and ways that you needed to identify yourself as in order to be viewed as or live a life that is successful. And I think a lot of us at this age have come to the conclusion that we've kind of been sold a dream (laughs) and it wasn't ours. And so I think with 2020 and the slowdown and all the real stuff that's been happening, coupled with where we are in our lives, like not quite a midlife crisis, but just the midlife, near midlife evaluation of like, I have this much time ahead of me. What do I really want to do with it? What do I really want to do with it? Really has brought a lot of questioning out in myself and a lot of the people that I talk to. And I think it's actually a good space to be in to question whether or not what you've been working toward is what you actually want. And a lot of times we are finding that the answer is no. (laughs) No, I don't want that. No, thank you. Um, And that's okay because then it opens you up to figure out what would be the most fulfilling? How could you be the most impactful? What is truly your purpose? And how do we go about pursuing that? And so that's kind of where I am and where I've been. If you have listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I am a big proponent of self-awareness, personal development, self-discovery, discovering your purpose, the purpose for which you were created and honoring and glorifying God through all of that. I live by this verse and I know that it's probably not being applied correctly, but I like to look at it in this way. And it is, 
It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to seek it out. When I apply that verse to my life, I think of how it is glorious of God to have created me in such a way that I will never know myself as deeply and as thoroughly as he knows me. And so all these hidden things within me that he's concealed, it is my honor to seek them out and to find out how I am to be the Alicia that he originally saw when he created me. And, you know, I think that's the case for all of us. There is a version of us that God created that was going to like rock things for the purposes that he created us for. But along the way, I know that there have been experiences and people and drama and trauma that the enemy has placed in our path. And even sometimes it's God placing things in our path to grow us and strengthen us. But it takes us off of the path to being who we were designed to be, right? And so I think it, for me, is great work <laughs> finding out things about myself, understanding my wiring, understanding my gears and why I do the things that I do and the reasons I do the things that I do to be able to consider whether or not what I believe about myself, what I've been told about myself, what I've come to understand about myself is necessarily true from the perspective of the God who created me. Coming into 2020, I had a lot of those thoughts and I had a lot of education, Alicia education going on through the Holy Spirit that led me to believe and to see and to assess my past and understand that some of the things that I do or have done that I call a part of my identity are not necessarily things I want to hold on to and not necessarily things that have to be permanent. Like the people pleasing episode from last week, I found that it's okay for me to be a giver because that is what God has graced me to be. He's graced me to have compassion. He's graced me to have patience. He's given me grace to be a person who has an overflow and an abundance of, of just things. Sometimes I have resources like finances and wisdom and hope and encouragement. And I have that for people to be his hands and feet. It becomes distorted and misused when I don't necessarily have that filled up from him. And I'm using those traits to draw people near to me in order to provide a safe space for myself and to have them keep me around, to give me value and to help myself find my identity in being this type of person, a good person whom people can depend on and trust that they need. When in all actuality, the actions that I have been graced to do, the things that I've been graced to give are to, in fact, draw their attention back to God, not me. And so while there are parts of my personality that are supposed to be there, I don't want to misuse them for anything but God's glory, especially not my own. And so with that, I had come to the conclusion maybe in around early March that I had these goals of being more intentional and creating goals and changing my habits, but I recognized that I could not do it from the perspective that I already had. I did not know enough about habits to actually work on changing them. I knew what I thought I knew, which is it took 21 days to change a habit, but 
being that I already knew that and hadn't changed my habits <laughs> led me to believe that I should probably do something different. And so you know how they say like the, you know, people that you surround yourself with is who you'll become like. I looked at it from that perspective in terms of what I was feeding myself. And so I figured if I wanted to learn about habits and I wanted to change these habits, then I also needed to be intentional about consuming content that was related to that to like inundate my mind and my brain to think about and respond with information as I was implementing that information. And so what I've been doing is studying habits. If you listen to the podcast last season, you know that I lean heavily into my public libraries, <laughs> um, online audiobook and ebook catalogs. I'm not sure where you're listening, but your public library may have the option for you to use an app to download free books and other things like our, our library allows you to download like magazines and cookbooks and reviews. It also allows you to use their educational resources like lynda.com. Um, you can use, you can get Rosetta Stone and learn a new language all through your public library all for free. I found that this option has been amazing for me because I'm not a person who reads books more than one. I'm not in a position to read a lot of books right now anyway, because while we're slower, I'm still kind of busy. And so what I found is that the best use of my time has been to listen to audiobooks. And so I use my library's online app that allows you to rent out audiobooks and listen to them, return them, and move on to the next. And so in my study of habits, I've been able to maybe in the last month, month and a half, listen to six books on habits, habit formation, and get all this information into my mind all at once, just kind of flood my brain with information on habits. And let me tell you, it has been the best thing that I've decided to do in a long time. And so going forward, I will be doing that. I actually started to build my list of books for my next study, which is on influence. I have a list that's being built on branding, marketing, just any subject that you want to dive into. You could do this just like this. Just listen to them while you are walking, cleaning, cooking, basically doing anything that would require you to just listen and not actually sit there and read. And so again, I love, 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 love having physical copies of books so that I could highlight and circle and write in the margins and all of that. But like in the season that I'm in right now, that is not happening. It's just not happening. So I need to be realistic about it. So that's how I've been able to get a lot of information in my mind and I've also been able to apply that information real time which is why I'm here with this podcast today to talk about it so maybe you're like me and you are changing change is good you know I talk about it a lot I don't like to be stagnant I don't like to feel stuck and I know that I'm not the only one Sometimes we have to be the change that we want to see. Sometimes the change that we want to see is being held up by who we are, what we believe, what we're doing and what we're not doing. And I know for me, again, my habits were some of the things that were holding me back from being and doing exactly what I wanted to do. 
So in reading these books, I found that there's a lot of information about habits, but once you start to get into the study of it, it all kind of starts to become a little bit redundant and a little bit common sense. And it kind of boils down to you actually applying it. But I will say the best book that I have read so far is Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. I wanted to talk a little bit about what she introduced in her book because it has been probably one of the most useful pieces of information in helping me to implement some real change in my life. So as most of you know, I study sociology um, as part of my undergrad studies. I have um, a bachelor's in sociology and communication studies. In those two courses of study, I found great interest, especially in sociology, because I enjoy learning about people. I enjoy knowing why people do what they do, what makes them tick, and I especially love understanding those things for myself. Again, I just really think self-awareness is so key in understanding the moves that you make and understanding how you can relate to other people. And so in Better Than Before, one thing that she talked about that really intrigued me was how people formulated habits based on these personality types that she described. There are four of them. They are the rule keepers, the obligers, questioners, and rebels. Rule keepers is what she classified herself as, and they are actually one of the least common types of people. Obligers is what I feel like I fall into. Questioners, I would say my dad is a questioner. Um, and rebels, my daughter might be a rebel. My son is a rule keeper. My husband is probably more of a rule keeper. And I just found these little categories so nifty because I can really like look at the people and see, oh, okay, this is how you operate. And it makes me feel like, okay, now I know how to approach them as well as I know how to approach myself. So as an obliger, when she said that and she described it and I can immediately see that that's what I might be able to like align with, I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. Let me tell you why. <laughs> I don't like being beholden to people. I don't like feeling like anyone else can control me, but I don't believe that that's what this means. Like I'm not obliged to people. It just means that I am more intent on keeping my commitments to others than I might be with keeping my commitments to myself. And understanding that about myself makes habit formation more clear for me so that I don't beat myself up when I say I'm going to do this or do that and try to force my will to do it when that's not my personality type. In fact, as an obliger, keeping commitments to others provides built in accountability. And let me tell you an example of how that happens without me having to feel like I'm obliged to someone. My children are back in track for their sport and they have practiced three days a week. I've been trying to develop will myself into a workout habit that has been unsuccessful because when I feel like it, I do it. And when I don't, I don't. But because I am accountable to taking my children to track practice, I'm accountable to their coaches and team, and I'm accountable to them while they're in practice for two hours, it gives me an opportunity to work out. Now I could just sit in my car and scroll my phone, but I use that accountability to be there for them already in space where people are working out. And it's highly convenient for me because we're at a track and there's so many exercises that I can do that I actually get out and I work out for at least an hour, at least three times a week. That habit was not happening when I was just trying to will myself into it. But my accountability to this other activity created 
a habit for me to work out for myself because I was already gonna be there. Now, the other side of that is like, I wanted to work out at least five days a week. And so I contacted a friend who I know wanted to start getting in shape. And I asked her if she wanted to work out with me on the other two days of the week. And so not only will I show up for her, I don't have to will myself into those other two days of working out because I know that as an obliger, I'm going to keep my commitment to her, even if I'm not gonna be committed to myself. Another example is that I recently hired a VA virtual assistant on a contract basis, and she's absolutely amazing. Usually I do everything by myself, but I realize that as I evaluate the type of life that I want and the things that I want in terms of my businesses, realistically, I needed a little help. The things that I knew that were on my list that I wasn't getting done, I hired this person for and she's been amazing at. But what I've also found is that even though I keep moving certain things from week to week to week, month to month to month, <laughs> quarter to quarter to quarter, the fact that I'm trying to hand it off to her puts a fire under me to start working on it myself too so that I have the information in my mind to help and to guide so that we can be clear and efficient and effective and not waste her time or my own. And when I didn't have her there, I didn't really have that kind of accountability to go ahead and use the time that I have to get those things done. And so again, understanding yourself, understanding what you might be in terms of these personality types can really help to work around yourself to build in these habits that really will serve you instead of trying to use your will to do it all. So let's talk a little bit about the other personality types. I think that's what she called them. I'm not sure if she called them personality types, but that's what I'm gonna call them. When you read the book, you'll get a better understanding. The first one was rule keepers and rule keepers are self-motivated. So they are gonna be those ones that keep the commitments to others as well as themselves. So when I say my son is one of these, like he's very self-motivated. I don't have to ask him about his assignments or things that he wants to do. He like really will pick up and do whatever he feels needs to do. He meets deadlines, he reaches his goals, he gets A's. But on the flip side, it's hard for him to think outside of the box or to lean into human nature. A no is a hard no and a yes is a hard yes. Whereas someone who's a rebel, like my daughter, might question that yes or question that no, or might have something to say after you give your response. Let's talk about rebels. So rebels have to come to the decision to make the decision on their own. They're not gonna just do what you think they should do. They have to do it in their own way, in their own time, and it needs to be on their own terms. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are rebellious and do all the negative things. Like I said, I think my daughter falls into this category, but she has straight A's as well. So she's able to keep rules, but I think it's still her decision to do it as opposed to being a rule keeper and doing what is right. She's doing it because she wants to be like her brother. She likes what he gets in terms of accolades and achievements, and she feels like she wants to do it. But I, I put her in a Montessori program before the school that she's at now because even as a young child, a toddler, I knew that her will was very strong. And so whatever I told her to do, it literally was her decision whether or not she would do that. And she would be okay with whatever would happen. So one way that I started to discipline her was to let her know that she had choices, to tell her that, 
even in the decisions that she made, she was choosing obedience or a consequence. Even that was her choice. And so I wasn't making her do anything, but that if she received consequence for something that she did do, that that was her choice. And, and so that helped her to choose her behaviors differently. And sometimes she chose the consequence, but most of the time she figured out what it was that she wanted without us having to enforce things for her. And it also helped me to understand as an obliger, letting her be an autonomous person, because she is an autonomous person, um, to recognize within her that she had these leadership skills that needed to be cultivated instead of pushed out of her because I wanted her to be a rule keeper as well. Like what works for her personality is to come to conclusions on her own. So trying to force her into the rule keeper category was going to make her rebel even more. And as a mother, I had to come to understand that even before I had this terminology, um, just understanding the personality differences within my children. The next personality type is questioners. So questioners have to have things make sense for them to do it, which makes them different than a rebel because they will do it. It just needs to be clear <laughs> and it needs to make sense to them. They have to have their own reason for doing it too that why has to align with what they believe what they believe in order for them to do it to form the habit she has so many other categories which <laughs> made me really really like the book because again we like to put people in boxes in sociology i understand that we are all unique and we don't always fit inside these little categories but it does help that where there are commonalities it helps you to understand why you may or may not do the things that you do so I want to share these different personality types in case it would help you to approach your habit changes and um, lifestyle changes differently from a perspective that you might be able to actually implement and hang on to. We all like to do something different, but I think it's very important to understand why you do what you do already in the first place. Another concept that Gretchen presented in this book was that habits work better as a lifestyle. And if it's something that you want to be a lifestyle and not just uh, a goal reached, then it might be better if you don't create a hard stop in the first place, because it's a lot harder to start back up once you have stopped. Um, and one example that was used is that I think it was her sister that was um, low carb. She did a low carb diet with her and because she had to travel for a certain amount of weeks, she wasn't eating low carb. And so when she got back home, she decided that she wanted to restart low carb, but it was so much harder for her to restart because her body had gotten reacclimated to the foods that she had given up. And it remembered that these things tasted really good. <laughs> so she found that it might be better to do things in moderation or to continue even like on vacation or through different changes in circumstances if you want to maintain and sustain that habit. So I'll give like one last example of how that part really worked for me. Um, sometimes I follow along in the detox kind of fasting, uh, elimination diet kind of mentality. Whereas I try to do a hard reset on my body and say, you know, for this amount of time, I'm not going to eat bread or sugar or desserts. What I found with myself again, 
because I'm an obliger, it's really hard to keep that commitment to myself, especially if I put a time stamp on it, as opposed to just going day by day and saying that this is a lifestyle change. And so today I have that decision to make whether or not I'm going to follow this way of eating because I know what I want to make these changes for. I'm obligated to make these changes to please my doctors, to please myself, to be at peace with my body because I know some of the things that I might consume sometimes cause inflammation and a brain fog, but they taste really good at the time. And so I continue to do them because the habit is there. The dopamines have been released. We know what's up. We're going to crave it, right? <laughs> so, you know, I've done great with getting my workout habits started. But what I really know is that if I want health, it has to be a combination of the food that I'm eating and the way that I'm moving my body. And so taking Gretchen's advice into consideration, I didn't add a start or stop date. I just decided to be on a low carb diet because I know that carbs don't really agree with my body. I started to make different decisions on a meal by meal, day by day basis. And let me tell you, in like a matter of a week, I dropped four pounds. I felt so much better. I started to sleep better. I started to breathe better because I know my body. I know what I need to do. It's just when you begin to have this cycle of start and stop and setting these goals to reach that you keep failing at instead of making a day-to-day -day decision and trying to restart on Monday when it's like Tuesday afternoon, <laughs> Um, you don't start to see the results, even though you know that that's what gets you results. And so I want to say that I'm extremely proud of myself because having understood these things and accepted these things that as she's presented them has helped me to create and form a better habit, making better decisions towards the goals that I have and the things that I want for myself which is what I've set out to do. So I believe that I'm gonna continue down this path. I think that if you want to make some lifestyle changes, I recommend this book and doing a study of habits like I'm doing. And um, I'll actually post some of my other reads on Instagram. Maybe you can form your own little library or list of books to kind of consume to see if they help you. I said before that I live by a few quotes and a few verses. My favorite being the Maya Angelou quote, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it, don't complain. But what I've found with this is that I usually think changing what you think about it means changing your perspective and moving on. But I've learned that it could also mean changing your perspective, which in fact changes your approach and gets you back on the track to actively changing things in the direction that you wanted to get them because of your changed mind. So I hope this was useful to you. I don't have scriptural references. I'm kind of coming off the dome with this today. That's why it might sound a little bit more rambly. I don't know if you know, but I write most of my podcast episodes out because I am definitely a better, more succinct, more effective, efficient writer than I am a speaker currently. But I wanted to just speak this one out and see what came out. So I hope it's been very helpful to you, very useful to you. If it has, I um, hope that you would share it with someone else that you think it might be useful for them and we can make some effective, wonderful changes in our lives toward being the people that we're supposed to be and toward the purpose that God has for us. Well, that's all I have for you today. If you're like me, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at the Alicia Watson. 
if you know someone who's like us, I would love it if you shared this episode with them, share the podcast with them, and let them know that they're not alone in this world. There's people that are like them too. If you haven't already, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to find podcasts. And I hope that you have the most blessed, magnificent week this week. Okay, bye.